It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kem. The top stories. Health authorities say it's unlikely that Hong Kong can again achieve zero COVID. An expert advising the government on COVID says Hong Kong may be able to further relax border measures in a matter of weeks. And the EU's foreign policy chief warns that Vladimir Putin's threat to use nuclear weapons needs to be taken seriously. Health authorities say it's very unlikely that Hong Kong can again achieve zero COVID infections. Centre for Health Protection's Dr. Chuan Shukwan made the comment as a regular press briefing when asked whether the disease had become endemic. Majority of the population have been infected and or um, fully vaccinated, but we still have quite a um, significant number of cases in the community and it is uh, very infectious and it will be very difficult to um, achieve a zero cases uh, in the community. Hong Kong reported 5,190 new COVID cases today, of which 152 were imported. Seven more patients with COVID aged between 72 and 93 have died. Earlier, a medical expert advising the government on COVID said Hong Kong might be able to further relax border measures in a matter of weeks for inbound travellers if local cases continue to fall. Ivan Hung from the University of Hong Kong was speaking a day after the government announced that from Monday, inbound travellers would only have to show an amber code for three days and no longer have to undergo hotel quarantine. Professor Hong said when more people become immune, either through vaccination or previous infection, and when the pressure on the healthcare system eases, even these three days of health monitoring will no longer be needed. Perhaps inbound travellers can be given an amber code for a short time after their departure from the plane until they get their PCR test results. If it's negative, they may be required to do PCR tests at required intervals, say on the second and sixth day after arrival. But basically, once you disembark from a plane and test negative, you can immediately visit restaurants and other places. In Guangdong, a section of a flyover under construction has collapsed onto traffic, injuring one person. The section of the road, which is part of the Zijiang Bridge, is located between Chongsan and Jiangmen. Authorities said debris also hit a truck, but the driver was unharmed. Jiangmen police said they had closed off parts of the Zhongjiang Expressway bound for Chongsan. Macau Chief Executive Ho Yat-Sang says mainland tour groups will hopefully be able to visit the SAR again in November. Mr Ho said this had been approved by the central government after officials listened to his report on Macau's economic and employment situation at a virtual meeting. Tours have been suspended for about three years because of the COVID pandemic. Security is being stepped up in Japan ahead of the state funeral next week for the assassinated former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The planned event is proving controversial. BBC's Michael Bristow reports. Extra police officers have been deployed across Tokyo to protect dozens of world leaders expected to attend Tuesday's grand ceremony, which is proving increasingly unpopular in Japan. One man set himself on fire on Wednesday in an apparent protest against the funeral. The anger has been generated partly because the event could cost more than $12 million, but it's also because of revelations about the governing party's close links to the Unification Church, the man accused of shooting Mr Abe in July said his family had been impoverished by the religious group. European Union's foreign policy chief Josep Borrell has warned that Vladimir Putin's threat to use nuclear weapons needs to be taken seriously and not assumed to be a bluff. He called on the Russian president to negotiate a peace deal but insisted this would have to protect Ukraine's territorial integrity. Speaking to the BBC, Mr Borrell said the war in Ukraine had reached a critical point. I don't want to spread alarm. 
but uh, certainly uh, it's a dangerous moment because uh, the Russian army has been pushed into a corner and knowing Putin, threatening using nuclear arms, you have to take them seriously. And now the weather, cloudy periods in the morning and at night, mainly fine and dry during the day tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 27 and 32 degrees. Moderate to fresh, east to north easterly winds. The outlook, windy with one or two showers later on Monday and Tuesday. Sunny periods in the following couple of days. Temperature is currently 28 degrees and the humidity is 70%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just coming up to five minutes past 11. Russia's military has sacked the general who was in charge of logistics. The Ministry of Defence said Dmitry Bulgakov had been relieved of his post and would be moved to another job. BBC's Paul Moss reports. It was always going to be a challenge for the Russian military, keeping its troops in Ukraine supplied and getting those troops to where they needed to be. Indeed, plenty of analysts have suggested it's logistical problems that have hampered the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And now the man in charge of that effort, Dmitry Bulgakov, appears to have paid the price. The man who will replace him is General Mikhail Mizinseve. He's currently facing sanctions from the UK and European Union for his role in the siege of Mariupol. There are reports of unrest in more than 80 towns and cities across Iran with clashes between anti-government protesters and the security forces becoming increasingly violent. Police say more than 700 people have been arrested since the process began. The BBC's Kazranaji reports. Many videos posted on social media show police directly shooting into the crowds. In Tehran, the videos show thousands of people, many of them women, out on the streets in different neighborhoods, challenging the security forces to a showdown, shouting slogans against the country's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. The president, Ibrahim Raisi, has promised a crackdown against those who he says oppose the security and tranquility of the country. But this may prove difficult. British government has defended its handling of the economy after the pound fell to its lowest level for seven de several decades. A series of tax cuts were announced on Friday, including a reduction in the rate applied to the highest earners. Share prices fell after the announcement, but the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Chris Philp, insisted the cuts would encourage economic growth. Plan set out has tax cuts for everybody right across the entire income spectrum with the purpose in mind of delivering growth, economic growth that will help lift wages, that will help create more better paid jobs, that will encourage investment and that will produce ultimately additional tax revenue to fund public services. Sport and to football and the BBC's John Bennett takes a look at some of the main Nations League fixtures to look forward to. Ahead of Portugal's Nations League match away to Czech Republic, their captain Cristiano Ronaldo said he wants to keep playing international football after this year's World Cup. The Manchester United forward has a record 117 goals in his 189 caps for his country and is targeting the European Championship in 2024 when he'll be 39. Portugal have won four of their last six matches and this will be one of their final fixtures before their opening World Cup game against Ghana in November. In the same group, Spain could book a place in the finals of the Nations League if Portugal lose and they beat Switzerland. It would give them another chance to win the trophy after losing to France last year in the final. 
Meanwhile, defending champions France continue their preparations for the World Cup on Sunday when they face Euro 2020 semi-finalist Denmark in the Nations League. It's been a tough year for France on and off the pitch, but one of their biggest issues right now is injuries. Around 11 players who could realistically make the squad for the World Cup are currently out of action, including Paul Pogba and Golo Kante, Karim Benzema and the captain Hugo Lloris. The Swiss tennis star Roger Federer has played the final professional match of a career that's seen him win 20 Grand Slam titles. The BBC's Laura Scott was watching. Roger Federer received a raucous reception from London's O2 Arena. For his 1,527th and final match, he got his wish. Not battling his greatest rival, Rafael Nadal, from across the net, but sharing the same side of the court with him as part of Team Europe against two Americans, Francis Tiafo and Jack Sock, representing Team World. Federer and Nadal produced some moments of magic and took the first set. But with Federer not having played in more than a year, there were signs of rust and the American pair fought back, levelling the match and taking it to a tie-break, which went their way. This was the most sentimental of send-offs for one of the greats of the game. And finally to baseball, where St. Louis slugger Albert Pujols has become the just the fourth Major League Baseball player to hit 700 home runs, with two homers in the first four innings against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Health authorities say it's unlikely that Hong Kong can again achieve zero COVID. An expert advising the government on COVID says Hong Kong may be able to further relax border measures in a matter of weeks. And the EU's foreign policy chief warns that Vladimir Putin's threat to use nuclear weapons needs to be taken seriously. And that's the news from RTHK.